ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to This is the Pits Pod, starring me, Chelsea Greenwood, and you, Michael Oberst. Yeah. We're back. We're back because Brad's back. We're back because we're Brad because back is back. Yeah, we're and Brad because Brack is back. We're rad because Brad is back. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly yeah. it. And that's how we find ourselves here. And I, I'll be honest, I feel rusty. I feel like I feel I feel it's uncomfortable to be speaking on a mic to an audience that is unseen. Yeah. But I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to talk about Bullet Train and Lost City, but mainly Bullet mm. Train. Yeah. So what was the date of our last recording? I feel like a lot has changed. The world is a whole new place. I feel like Trump was president the last time we recorded. He was. It was Feb- our, our last released episode was February 26th, 2020. So Damn. I think it was like a probably like a week earlier that we actually recorded. And I do remember touch, touching on the COVID pandemic. Obviously, we had no idea what we would be in for. Um, mm. But as uh, up until now, this podcast has been a pre-pandemic existence. So it's yeah. a different world. I'm glad we've we've made it out. Um yeah. unscathed brad's career is still trucking he he's he's got things in the works he's got yeah. two movies in theaters he's like you know we've made it through unscathed he's still on top he's still on top baby but it's a different time for sure so this episode's going to be a little bit a little bit of a combo like we're mostly going to focus on bullet train but he was also in a movie called the lost city with sandra bullock and channing tatum he didn't have a big role and sometimes we do full episodes for movies that he doesn't have a big role in, but we're not going to do it for this one because it really just feels like the Lost City is not different enough from the Bullet Train to yeah. distinct, like to get its own whole thing. So they're going to be wrapped. We up. would be remiss. We would be remiss if we didn't mention it because there are some parallels and some crossovers, which I found to be interesting. Also, Brad Pitt straight up steals the show in Lost City. Like shocking, no question. Like. He is the only good part about that movie. <laughs> Literally. I saw a review that was like, <laughs> like, how dare they take away, take us away from the Brad Pitt show and throw us into this Paul Fig nightmare. Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, I mean, and that's it. That's really all we need to say. <laughs> and that's the end of the lost. That's the end of the lost city part of the episode. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I personally do not find Channing Tatum to be attractive. And I no. also personally do not feel like Channing Tatum and Sandra Bullock are a good combination of people. She is 16 years older than him. And I love, I love Sandra Bullock. Oh, Sandy, my girl, like obviously. Yeah. But cast her with someone who she should be with like Brad Pitt. (laughs) Brad Pitt would have been perfect, but I think that's kind of sort of the joke that they were going to go for is like, they are so different and then such an unlikely pairing. Yeah. Um, and Brad Pitt would have been perfect because he like he was perfect in the movie until he got taken out. But it, I mean, we're kind of getting into it before we even yeah before we even properly started. So we'll right. we'll get into the Lost City later. Yep, circle back. Even like thus concludes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. but it's going to come up a lot because of the the parallels to Bullet Train because Sandra exactly. Bullock and Channing Tatum are also both in Bullet Train because exactly. of the Lost City. So. That's right. Um, we'll get into that too. But first of all, Chelsea, tell me and everyone, because I actually haven't really talked to you that much in the last couple months. Should we just do a quick catch up? A quick catch up. You, I believe you are a married woman now. I got married last Thursday. That is crazy. But actually, I got married in December in South Africa. So December <laughs> 12th, Andrew proposes to me on the rocks. In the Eastern Cape of South Africa, it's beautiful. Mm -hmm. December 13th, we wake up to an email from his lawyer saying there is a ban from all Southern African countries entering the U.S. because of the Omicron variant. And the only way a non-American can get back into the States from the Southern African countries is via marriage. So we got married in 24 hours. We got married in a fever. Uh, yeah a pandemic fever a covid fever (laughs) yeah flew back to the u.s got in a month later we find out that our marriage has been struck from the south african record because i wasn't there in person weren't you though 
Oh, you weren't at the. I wasn't courthouse? there to register it. Um. So Jeez. yeah, we got married last Thursday. Still living in Brooklyn. Still working and advertising. I'm like so boring. I mean, like, here's the thing about two years of not posting is like those two years were particularly boring. (laughs) Well, also, it's like, here's the thing about a pandemic in general. Exactly. Is that you kind of start to go into like survival mode, but not like survival like, you know, we're in a bullet train trying to not die, but more like survival like um where you just are like trying to basically hibernate and just like yeah. stay alive and stay busy and not you know not not think too hard about any of the bad things happening and all the stuff that you can't do now and et cetera, et cetera. so for me too it's not really all that exciting i mean i picked up a few new hobbies but really for the most part it's just boring ass work and that's it that's what's so crazy it's like it's boring being social has taken a minute to like escalate back into living in the world. But the pandemic was also like, Oh, something could happen that would shut down the whole world. You know, like I remember when I was in high school or elementary school and dreading going to school and just being like, what sort of global phenomena could possibly happen that would make it so that I don't have to go to school for a couple weeks or today even. And you're like, how much snow would it take? Exactly. Stop everything for a significant amount of time. And then that fucking happened. Like it happened for a long time. And it happened all over the world. So like yeah, it was crazy. Anything could happen, basically, is what we've learned and we've come out of it. Yeah, it does feel like because of the modern society that we live in, like it just felt like we were insulated from really big things like that affecting us in such a way. Like it was like, oh, but they'll figure something out. You know what I mean? And then they didn't. But also and this is a good lean into this movie and how and when it was made was that this movie was made before vaccines. So it was made in like, it's began to get made at the end of 2020. Mm-hmm. And it's hard for us to remember now having come out of it. What a fucking insane psycho time that was like the director of this movie shot their plates remotely with a crew on the ground in japan like the whole idea of remote filming did not exist until this no it was brand new i mean i remember i mean i was doing production during the pandemic so yeah, like me too. before before the um, vaccinations were around so i remember like virtual filming and like call having people calling in to watch show the cuts and watch be on like be on set quote unquote but they were really just on a zoom we're still doing that like i still have remote feeds on every set but i hate it it's the worst i hate that it's become normalized now so that all these clients don't have to show up i mean in a way it's a little bit better because they don't have to physically be there and you don't have to cater to them but at the same time it's like you do kind of have to like acknowledge them and deal with them and i don't know it just sort of set a precedent that i don't love um yeah where it's like just make sure you have an option for these people if they want to come. Yeah. I did one shoot in Brazil, Hong Kong, San Francisco, and I forgot what other city for this big client where I was literally on the clock 24 hours a day on Gchat, Zoom, text message, and Teams. It was like, I'm glad that that phase is over. But yeah. without it, we wouldn't get the movie bullet train right would you like to jump into bullet train let's do it i think it's time to get into bullet train what are your raw opinions what's your what's your initial thoughts so just to provide some context i saw this movie at a nighthawk theater which is one of the ones where you can like eat and drink mm-hmm. okay and i took my notes on one of the like menu cards <laughs> <laughs> So it's so sloppy. I can't even see it because I was taking notes with the pencil in the dark. But honestly, okay, so I sat down so in the theater. So what you're saying is you went completely unprepared into this movie. <laughs> yeah. But completely, and like had a cocktail oh, <laughs> while yeah. I was watching it. Well, that's to be expected. So my initial thoughts as it started when I was, I was like, oh, fuck. This is like just like a Guy Ritchie ripoff. Like we've got Brad Pitt. Like they just needed to make this fluff piece of shit movie. And like, I'm not going to like it. By the time it ended, though, I loved it. Really? I loved it in a way of like, 
I can't take it fucking seriously. I'm not going to sit here and be like, this is high art and like filmically amazing or like, I don't have anything interesting to say about it. But if we distill a movie in a movie theater down, a summer movie in a movie theater down to its essence, which is to be entertained, I was entertained. And so therefore I liked it. What's your thoughts? Interesting. I didn't really like it. Oh my God. And I think it was because it was just like a, a hundred combinations of action movie tropes. Oh yeah. And it was like so much like this like new trend or it's not really new now, but like this trend that I think it's mostly due to Marvel movies where they just like, it's constant like winking at the camera, like, you know, like jokes, like inside jokes with the audience and like, you know what I mean? Type of jokes. Oh like, yeah. And it, it, it's been popularized by Ryan Reynolds and it was kind Ugh. of quirky and fun at first, but now it's Ugh. so overdone and I'm so sick of it. Um, and this is a serious, serious perpetrator. And, and I literally wrote down, this is a Guy Ritchie Tarantino knockoff. Yeah. Because it is. Well, that's, there's no question about that. Like that. And that's why when I sat down, I was like, I'm going to fucking hate this, but that's a really good point you made about Marvel movies because I have never still to this day seen a Marvel movie. So I, it's that, that whole thing is like new to me. You know what I mean? Like the whole nod. Yeah. Also, I know this is stupid, but since we started this podcast, when I see Brad Pitt on screen, I am happy. <laughs> it's so fucked. Yeah. No, I, that happens to me too. And I was happy when I saw him in this. And I thought he did great. Come on. For the role that it is. I don't know. I thought he did um, what he was asked to do. And what he was asked to do was not that interesting. And so he did a good job of being that thing that he does. But it's like, it's like the director was like, hey, you know what you did in like snatch and like fight club and like once upon a time in hollywood and like all of the roles that you've done in the past can you just like do that again and brad's like yeah i mean yes i can i fully agree with you 100 percent. like that's what i mean it's not like i would go and watch this movie or tell anybody to go and watch this movie like i don't think it's an amazing piece of artwork i don't think that brad did anything particularly interesting other than carry a comedic role for the entire film that's new for him. Yeah. And I didn't even, I, the thing is I, I didn't find it funny. So it wasn't, I, I didn't even. And then the, the, um, Oh my God, this is exciting. Cause I was like down. Is it because I'm old and you're young? <laughs> no, I don't think so. I think it's probably because I just have watched more movies with this type of action and humor in it than you. Cause this isn't right. only the type of movie you would watch. So for you, it's, yeah. a lot of it felt fresh maybe, but yeah. The the other issue was and okay so we'll get into some of the fun facts because this is yeah. partial forming my opinion. The director used to be Brad Pitt's stunt double, which I'm sure right. you know. Yeah, they met on Fight Club. Yep, and Oceans and Troy and Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Yeah, so they're really good friends. It's almost like he asked Brad like as a favor to do this, but they developed it together. Right. Um, this director's first movie was Deadpool, which starred Ryan Reynolds. Um, which is why Ryan Reynolds, which is why Brad Pitt was in Deadpool and which is why Ryan Reynolds had the same type of cameo in this movie that Brad, Brad had in Deadpool. Ah, okay. Yeah. It was the same. It was like the exact same, uh, cameo. Really quick. Can I just interject for the sake of this podcast also being about us and our opinions? Yeah. <laughs> I cannot fucking stand Ryan Reynolds. I see him and my butt, <laughs> my skin crawls off of my bones. I just am like, he's so cheesy and like handsome in a way that I do not find attractive. He's handsome in like a bro way. I'm immediately turned off. I'm like, you are what the world wants and you're gross. Anyway. Yes. No, I understand that completely. To our one listener, I'm sorry if I've offended you. Um, no, it's it's completely uh, understandable. And I think anybody who listens to this podcast will recognize that Brad Pitt is superior to Ryan Reynolds in literally every way. And also Ryan Reynolds, it felt like we were force feed, force fed Ryan Reynolds by Hollywood. Oh, yeah. Like, that's what I'm saying. They're like trying to make us love this like blonde, blue eyed, handsome guy that we've loved since the 40s, like since film started. And, and they've like, been forcing enough. him on us since like the early 2000s. And they were putting him in rom-com. They were putting him in everything like rom-coms. And I think he 
he was he played a superhero i forget which superhero um like a long time ago and it completely flopped and they recast it maybe it was iron man or something like that it was some major superhero and i sound like a fool right now but the point is is it he kept flopping he, he wasn't successful until deadpool he really found his lane but still it's just like no it's not for me yeah i don't care and that's we're bringing back to the movie another reason why i think i liked it is because I feel like personally, I've been taking myself and the world so seriously for the last three years because I've been in like a cocoon of like indies and like oh, right, serious right. high art, like not high art, like but Coda. like. Well, I loved Coda. <laughs> of course. It was so good. It was so but, good. But I always bring Coda up because I feel like when the pandemic started, all of the shit around us was like so dark and like really we had to think about it. And it's like you didn't have to think at all about Coda. You just knew mm. that it was great because it was heartwarming and you yeah. don't need to think at all about this movie. And I guess to you, I sound like such a snob, but like to your point, I am not used to like seeing the fluff that the world provides to you to like, like that Hollywood, Hollywood, big H Hollywood right, right. gives us. So with this and the lost city, I was like, okay, well this is obviously terrible, but it's been so long since I've just like watched bullshit for bullshit that I actually really love it because actually and this is a total tangent that I will cut out. I the last time I tried to watch Bullshit for Bullshit, which was the new Sex in the City, I literally couldn't make it through one half of an episode. Oh, and yeah. at least no, it was at terrible. least this I could like get through. Yeah, no, that was really really bad. But there's a <laughs> lot of stuff like that right now. Like Netflix has really changed their whole outlook, and a lot of streamers have changed their outlook. And it's not about yeah. making quality content; it's about making content that you will watch even if you hate it like Binge. emily in paris or yeah uh uncoupled that new show about the older gay guy Ooh, in New yeah York. yeah with neil patrick harris i hear it's the worst thing ever but that you can't turn it off yes that is literally <laughs> i'm on episode six and i hate every second of it but i'm gonna finish it <laughs> yeah um, that's a nightmare that we found ourselves in so yeah this movie does i guess sort of appeal to I don't know. It does. I do feel like it's made to be a streamed movie. It's like one of those movies that could have gone straight to Netflix and it would have been 100% just as good. And so the point about the director, though, that I was going to make uh, before was that his first movie was Deadpool and then he did um, John Wick. Um, he produced John Wick, though. Did he direct it? He co-directed it okay. and uh, he, he co-directed it as also the fight choreographer. And the way that 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 movie is like, I don't have you seen that one? I haven't, but I'm want you're aware. To. You should. Yeah. It's honestly in terms of action movies, like it's the best in the last like five to ten years, just because of the way the action is done. It's it's not done like this where they cut away from the action. It's like when somebody gets mm -hmm. punched, the the camera cuts as the punch connects. Um, oh, and that's interesting. It's like you're not watching them fight. You're just watching a supercut of swings and then reactions. You know, it's like it's not like you're getting to watch the action itself. Um, like that scene when they were fighting in the chair that stood out. You remember when they were in the quiet car when it was Brian T. Henry and um, oh, yeah, Brad and they were fighting and it was like the quiet thing. It just like you didn't even see the action. You just kind of saw their bodies moving around and then like their faces turning to the side. And then you saw the old lady shushing them. It's just like you missed the action. And it was like that throughout uh -huh. the movie. So much of the fight, you didn't really watch it. It was just like cut around. And I it really irritated me, especially coming from this guy who not as he's not just like a, any old stunt right. coordinator. He did John Wick, which is one of the best stunt films, action films in the last 10 years. It's so good. And he knows the art form intimately. And he for and for Brad specifically, like he was literally Brad's stunt double. It's like you're Brad Stuntable and you did John Wick and then you make this where there's no action and, and we're like we're robbed of good fighting scenes. Like, why would you do that? That's such an interesting point. I didn't notice that. But the more I'm now talking to you, I haven't talked to anybody about this film. Like, I haven't even talked to Andrew. Like, mm. Did Andrew see it with you? No, I went by myself. <laughs> and I... But normally I'm like, we'll talk about it, but I wanted to like hold it all in. But now yeah. that I'm talking to you, this doesn't normally happen. I'm getting swayed where I'm like, you're 100% right. And also the whole, like the insane amount of cameos in general. Oh, the cameos. And then the freeze. Every time a new character was introduced and there's like a freeze well, frame. That's why I'm like, it's not interesting 
anymore. That's so it's like so 2002. Like it's old. I don't know why they felt the need to do that. It's like, who are you talking to? Like 15 year olds? Like, is this for Gen Z who's never seen any of this before or something? Because right. it's like, it doesn't add anything to the movie. In fact, in my head, it goes like, oh, you're just copying the people before you. It's also the, I mean, I, I guess I shouldn't get too caught up in this because like there is an element of fantasy to it. But it seemed like they were kind of going back and forth between people on the train can see what's happening. And then also people on the train are completely oblivious to all the stuff that is blatantly happening. You know what I mean? Yeah, but then I think they solve for that when they say that the train was bought out. We also have to remember that this is based on a book. Yeah. So there's like an element of like me being like, I have to like allow for them to get in this full-blown fight with a yeah. gun falling on the floor in the train <laughs> and this lady's telling them it. to be quiet like dude yeah do you not see the gun he's like literally holding in his hand yeah i mean you have to suspend all reality from the very minute this starts i think it's really important again i know this is so stupid but to think of the time in which this was made they were one of the like i think it was like them and um one other movie in England was back in production, full scale production. So like mm -hmm. all the things that they were making, I don't know if you watched any of the interviews that they've done or any of the press tour that they've done for this movie. No, the whole thing is like, we were so freaked out. We were in such this like crazy mindset. And all of a sudden we were allowed to like play with our friends. And in order to have done it at that time, specifically in the pandemic, which again, we forget. Right was yeah. like really crazy. So the bond that they all built as a cast, they built this train on a soundstage in LA, mm -hmm. um, was like really intense. Like they were really bonded. And well, they were they in were each really, other's bubble. Remember bubbles? They were in each other's bubble. Yeah, exactly. They were in each other's bubble and yeah. they would all go home and they really needed to trust each other. And so all the cameos from that lens is like, oh, we haven't worked in a year. We're really freaked out. I'm just going to like pop in for free to do this movie because like it's the only movie being made. Yeah. It's like a sense of community and like normalcy, but also like vomit because like, wow, wow. You couldn't make a movie for six months while millions of people are dying. Um. <laughs> <laughs> you poor things. You poor, poor things. It's like they, they appeared in this movie and then they made that imagine video. <laughs> yeah. all they were like, we are, we're good obviously you've watched the Bo Burnham special of course yes healing the world with comedy that's what they were doing with this movie yes <laughs> like, well that's what they fighting. thought they were doing but then it then it, it doesn't gross. come out it doesn't come out at the time that they made it it comes out in 2022 and we're all over it and it's if anything it's reminding us of the the mental state that we were in in 2020 where it's like this arbitrary sense of like undying loyalty to each other and like inside jokes and all this stuff where it's just like nah. it's a little bit masturbatory isn't it it's like look at us and all of our famous friends like meeting each other and guess what we have another flashback for you it's a long story and then um it's the same story that you already heard with one new <laughs> element um they retold <laughs> yeah. that story about the white deaths like origins like four times and it was I every time i am kill myself. still confused i'm also exactly. still confused about the fucking the girl what's her what's the actress's name yeah should we talk about things that we do like about this movie yes it's brian tyree henry that's the only thing that i like and michael i'm about to give you a massive compliment why because Bri brian tyree henry and aaron taylor johnson lemon and tangerine oh no i know what you're gonna say and i you look there's a moment when Aaron Taylor Johnson, spoiler alert, <laughs> dies and he dies yeah. to the camera. And I was like, holy shit, that's Michael. <laughs> yeah, there was. Some you. Yeah. You're related to him. And he's so hot. I thought that. Well, I, I didn't think he was hot, but I did think like I, it's weird because I didn't think he looked like me because there's a lot of white dudes with mustaches out there. And mm. I didn't really think he looked like me until he got wet or something happened and his hair was oh he was outside the train and then his hair was down and yeah. then when his hair was down and he was it was a very he had a few very intimate moments with brian t henry and 
it was in those moments that I was like imagining myself as him. I was like, oh, so yeah. that's what I would look like if I was about to kiss Brian Tyree Henry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's awesome. Because <laughs> I have such a crush on him, if that wasn't clear yet. Yeah, me too. But I was like, Michael is hot. And that was the first time I was like, <laughs> I am attracted to Michael. <laughs> yeah, well, you're married now. So your window is closed. Sorry. Um, Brian T. Henry is nonstop attractive. Her name is Joey King, by the way, the daughter. Joey King. Yeah. Very like Hollywood name. Very Hollywood name and face. Like she doesn't look like she has no race, identifiable race to me. You know, she I'm just not looks- interested. I'm not interested in her. No, I don't know why she kept like coming and going. Like her, her whole storyline was like so non-linear. She like kept being alive, but then not being there when she should have been there to kill people. It's like she, yeah, like she was the orchestrator of everything happening, but was also kind of absent from it. Like I wanted a, I wanted to, her to be part of the climax, and she just wasn't. Yeah, here's a fun thing. Mary fuck kill. Hmm. Brian T. Henry. Bad Bunny. <laughs> Who's Brad Bad Pitt. Bunny? Bad Bunny. You don't know who Bad Bunny was? He's like the Mexican guy. Oh, 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 oh. Um, He's Bad Bunny. He's a major fucking superstar. Kill him. Oh, okay. Well, that's racist. <laughs> kill him. Uh, I guess fuck Brad Pitt and marry Brian Tyree Henry. Oh, I'm marrying Brad Pitt and fucking henry 100 percent. wow i can't believe you do that to brian i want to fuck him uh, it could be a fun relationship so watching the videos of these like bros broing down on their like press junket brian and brad have a real tete-a-tete they're like joking they're like loving on each other they're like jokingly being mean to each other the actually i thought the on-camera chemistry and it sounds like also the off-camera chemistry between brad and brian t henry were was really good um and i i I did like and you know as a as a personal fan of brian's like yeah i loved every scene that he was in i i also thought brad was really good in it too except for that sometimes it felt like he was it was almost you know what a little bit reminded me of is um uh 12 monkeys where it just felt like he was acting so hard at some points. It didn't feel like it was supernatural for him, even though he was supposed to be playing a character that is natural to his normal ethos or whatever. But the nonstop talk about luck and fate was just like, it felt so forced from him, you know? Well, that is not from him, though. That's like lazy screenwriting. That's what I'm saying, is it's like he was trying to make this bad directing and bad script work, and he was doing his damnedest and doing pretty good um but like it you know it was hard to get into because i just knew that brad wasn't fully in on the background of it you know what i'm saying right right but because it was his like i can't help but sort of make up this story in my head where it was like he and his bro his like old stump double were like in the pandemic pulling their hair out and they're like would be fun to just like make this fucking movie like there isn't any actual considered thought to it which is why the script itself is the worst part of the movie like the plot was a very successful novel so like but the script that brought it together combined with like the insane fucking cgi it's like brings it down i do want to read a quick little snippet from the atlantic's review Okay. The so the Atlantic's review of the whole movie is basically just being like Brad Pitt is a genius and this movie sucks. <laughs> okay. And this is the main point is the plot is predictable, Pitt is not. He injects a whimsical energy into every scene, adding flavor to the bland jokes littering the script. Late in the film, while watching a stranger die in front of him, Ladybug seems amused, even delighted by the spectacle. The morbidly funny moments suggest that the assassin doesn't believe a single cone he's been dropping and actually takes immense pleasure in his work. Perhaps Pitt, in throwing himself so fully into the character, was signaling his own desire. He'll talk about his distaste for being a public figure, but he'll never stop deriving satisfaction from the attention he gets as long as he's the one with the upper hand. Yes, that's that's a great analysis. Now, 
the reason I bring that quote up is because also in that article and as to this podcast as a whole and less about Bullet Train the movie is that we feel, I feel as though Brad Pitt is trying to reinvent himself in a new way, which mm-hmm. is laissez-faire. I don't give a fuck. I'm going to like show up to the premiere in a bright green suit. I'm going to like not care about fame and just take comedy roles and like wink at the world like Channing Tatum does. Right. And this is my new thing. Like his last movie was Ad Astra, which was like serious lead man. And this movie is like very funny lead man, all amidst the tabloid fodder of the fact that he and Angelina are still fucking going through this divorce. Oh, I know. He's still on all the tabloids. Yeah. It just won't stop. And I yeah. I guess it never will. It just he just is that guy who sells tabloids by putting his face on it. Um but that's is why I bring it up because this is why we started the podcast. It's like it's true. I think that there's a new era developing that we should keep our eyes on. Is all I'm saying. Yeah, of course. I mean, I I won't. I can't take my eyes off of him, to be honest. So, so let me ask you a question. Yeah, Brad Pitt and Brian Tyree Henry walk into a bar, and then what? What do I have to pick one? Who are you going home with? Oh, who am I going home with? Brian T. Henry, and we're going okay. to talk about Brad Pitt together, and because <laughs> I'm sure. I mean, how could you not? like feel it's like hanging out with the Beatles. Like even if you yeah. are, you know, even if you are like a fucking legendary musician, you know, you're Billy Joe Armstrong, but you meet the Beatles. It's like you, no matter what, you're going to have some sort of starstruck element to it. Actually random, a random true story was that the Beatles met Elvis one time. And when they went to, they were in LA and they went to Elvis's house in LA and they were so starstruck by him. That he was like, look, if you guys are just going to stare at me, you should leave. <laughs> <laughs> like Elvis was Aww. so uncomfortable because they were so starstruck and just staring at him and didn't know what to say. Um, so it's like that. It's like even though Brian T. Henry is very famous and a very successful actor and skilled actor, it's like he still worked with Brad Pitt. And I'm sure there's a part of him that is like, dude, that's Brad Pitt. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And it seems like they're very close. Like, it seems like they really bonded. Also, same with his co-star, Aaron, the one who is you. Right. He so like they when they were cast. So Aaron was cast first. Obviously, he's English. Uh, Brian is not. Yeah, and, Brian's accent was not good, I have to say. And it was not good at all. But I still love I still like it doesn't matter. It, it was, was okay. fine. Yeah. He so the way that they cast him is they actually they did like virtual reads, obviously. And then the first in-person audition they did, they like built a little fake train and had and Brian came in and sat with Aaron. And apparently they didn't read the script like he's the director called action and they just like riffed the entire time for like an hour. And at the end, he was like, "Okay, done. And they looked down and hadn't read the script at all. (laughs) Oh, that's so funny. Yeah, they had like natural chemistry. And when the first day they started, Aaron, that's his name, right? I keep saying Aaron. I think. Yeah, Aaron. Aaron bought him a lemon tree. And so over the course of the shoot, they like took care and like fostered this lemon tree that now the director owns. But it was like, they really like, it was a real chemistry thing. And that's like sort of what the sentiment was in watching all of the interviews was just like, they're a family now. Like they, well, that's lovely. Very kumbaya. But you know, (laughs) at the end of the day, you guys all made some great friends, but the movie was mediocre at best. And you tried so, so hard to make it not mediocre. Like, Maybe this is a good time for you to tell us how much it cost for them to make good friends. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, if you want to make meaningful friendships that last, last a lifetime, uh, just get together $90 million <laughs> and yeah. have the support of a giant cast and crew. And then you, yeah. you too can make some lasting friendships. You um, too can plant a lemon tree. You can plant a lemon tree for a mere $90 million. It's insane. Um, and it did not do as well as I I have to assume that they postponed the release date because of 
the pandemic um, or it took longer because of the pandemic or because maybe when they shot it, it took so much CGI that the, the finishing costs, the post production took forever. That's but what I think. At the end of the day, it wasn't released until 2022. Yeah. And it, and now it's like a lot of movies are being released. So the market is kind of saturated with a lot of content. So yeah, you have to be good in order to get ticket sales, which this movie uh, made $30 million on its opening weekend, which is not great. Um, I mean, it's okay, but it's not great for what you would expect for a movie that with that type of budget. And to this day, yeah, with that cast. To this day, it has only made $54 million domestically. Um, with an additional $60 million internationally, so worldwide we're at $114 million. Um, so it did make its money back, but not. it wasn't the slam dunk i think that a movie of this caliber should be expected to be you know for 90 million dollars with brad pitt and sandra bullock channing tatum michael shannon like all of these yeah big names you know it should pull in more money just for the sake of the legacy of this podcast we are recording this episode two weeks after its release um Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that's right. And I do, to your point, think that they released it late because of the CGI. And in fact, I wanted to talk about that because that was one of my least favorite parts of this movie was like, wouldn't it have been way more interesting to like choreograph this whole thing on the stage with LED screens, like the practical ways that they shot this, like clever prop dancing that they did all of that practical stuff is so great and then you Mm -hmm. like go and like spend a huge amount of money and definitely time making it this like whole cgi wonder where it's like actually it's a pretty cool feat that they shot this on a soundstage during a pandemic with like a fantastic choreography only to be like to your earlier earlier point like cutting out the actual fights and right. then saturating it with CGI. It's like, what a shame. Yeah. What I was going to say is, just for comparison, um, A Quiet Place Part 2 made $47 million on its opening weekend. Top Gun Maverick made like, a, it was something like $126 million. Again, yeah. Box Office Mojo just went down, so I can't see it now. But it was like yeah. $126 million. And then Avengers Endgame, do you want to guess how much that made on just its opening weekend? No, I don't. Tell me. $287 million. Just opening weekend. Now it's at two point seven billion. When was that? That was sometime in Q two, <laughs> sometime between of this year. Of this year, twenty twenty two. I think April to July, twenty twenty two. Damn! Did you see it? No, I I made the mistake of seeing one of the Avengers Endgame movies because I was like, uh, it was like so popular and I had seen a few superhero movies and like sometimes I like them as just as like, you know, big garbage action movies. And you're just like, oh, OK, you know, whatever. I, I will be a certain amount of entertained for two hours, right. whatever. Um, So I went to go see one and it was so heavily laden with like plot that depended on deep, deep cuts of. Yeah marvel universe knowledge that i had no idea what was going on the entire movie <laughs> yeah and i was like i feel like a fucking moron why did they come to this shit but it i mean no wonder they keep making them 2.7 billion are you fucking yeah. kidding that's crazy yeah. i mean i'm glad to hear you say that because i feel like a lot of me is just a snob and i just don't like superhero movies but also i'm concerned that i would just have no idea what's going on at this point so like why start i think that's I think that for you, it's in print. It's a principle thing. Like now you just refuse and you won't because you decided that you won't. But I do think you would like some of them. Like, I think you would like the original Spider-Man. I think you would probably like Iron Man. What's the original Spider-Man? I did see Toby. I've seen that. That was like the last one I saw. Well, it was also like the first one of the new era of superhero movies. So I saw that and I saw the Batman with Heath Ledger and I saw the Joker. Oh, okay. All right, yeah. I mean, those are like edgy ones. I think the Iron Man is reasonably good. I saw the first Iron you... Man. So like, but you can see like see, there was, was a good. moment like kind of around the time I met you where yeah. it wasn't as saturated and as insane as it is now. 
Yeah, now I don't have as much interest now, yeah. but like, I, I I guess I had a similar view where I was like, I have a general understanding of what these characters are, so I feel like I could go into any movie, like they're made for a mass audience, so I feel like I could go into any movie and mostly follow along, but Avengers Endgame was not that. It was impossible to follow right. unless you are deeply, deeply engaged <laughs> with the lore, right. but, and apparently millions of people are because it made more money than any movie has ever made, so it's like it's so crazy okay it's also around q2 people just decided the pandemic was over and masks mandates were lifted and it was like yeah go back to the movies they're like we're done yeah we're done which fair enough like sitting in the movie theater is still like a new and fun thing for me you know yeah and what a treat i like walked through the park to the theater sat down ordered a cheeseburger and a gnt watched the movie unfold I was entertained regardless of what my brain told me to feel. I was still entertained. And like, that's kind of my stance on this film. I was like, is it going to rank highly on our list? No. Like this movie. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, maybe we should go into the rankings because let's do it. It's we're 40 minutes in and we still haven't talked about the last, which will be quick, but we still have. Yeah. So what's our first one? (laughs) Performance, looks, and then movie overall. Okay. Well, what did you think about his performance? I would give him a six. 6.5. He gets a 6.5. Because it wasn't a bad performance, but it just seemed like he was having a hard time really finding the character because it was so important for his character to push this like complex plot forward and that's not the type of character that he was supposed to play you know what i mean yeah i mean i think that's fair ranking wise i want to give him maybe another 0.5 for being able to be like the lead of a comedy film like he's never really done that before for the whole two hours so maybe i'll give him a seven Uh, that's true a lead comedy yeah I mean, it's it's action. I mean, yeah, I guess technically Mr. and Mrs. Smith, but that's more action than comedy. But it does have that kind of quirky feeling to it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Which leads me into the next, which is the way he looked like Mr. and Mrs. Smith. He was smolderingly, smolderingly hot with that shaved head. Yes. This one, yes. it's like we're kind of getting into daddy territory. I found him to be hot because I always find him to be hot, but he's not ranking high. I wonder if he'll ever rank high again in terms of looks. He will. He will in the last city. In the last city. Yeah. He looks so good. Okay. Here's well, what was your, what was your number? Not my favorite look. Can I do hair and looks together? Because. Yeah, they are. They, they're, they're intertwined now. I think that the hottest he looked was when he took off the bucket hat and put his hair up in a bun. I found that to be attractive. So on the hair conversation, I'm going to give him a seven. On the overall looks, mm-hmm. I'm feeling like 4.5 to 5. I mean, he's always hot, but I wasn't like particularly... There were a lot hotter people in this movie. He wasn't the hot one. Pains me to say. So what did you... You said... You said 5.5? 4.5 to 5. Let's round up. 4 point. Okay, 5. <laughs> Let's give him a 5. I'm giving him a 4. I thought he looked bad. I was like Ugh. I was like why do you why are you trying to make Brad look bad? Like he was supposed to look kind of schleppy and like down on his luck, but it's like It's you know it's it's is I was thinking while I was watching it like there's Brad's not I was like, it's crazy. I guess eventually he is going to get old and just he's going to just start to look older. And that's just the way it is, you know, and he's not as attractive anymore. And I guess it's okay. You know, everyone ages. and But I think he is attractive in his elderly ways. But I think he is, too. But in this this role, in this role, I think that for some reason, like they made his his age make him look aged and not like in a flattering way like michael shannon was in this he's aging too and he looked great i agree in fact reduce me down to a 4.5 i was giving him that extra 0.5 to be nice but i think you're right i'm not i think he's aging like a beautiful fine wine but they didn't do a good job like that wasn't this role 
I might have given him a higher rating if I hadn't immediately after watched The Lost City where he looked so much better and he was technically older because it was shot afterward. So I was like, why? Like, what What the hell happened on Bullet Train? That Like, why did they do this to maybe him? Maybe they couldn't do hair and makeup because of the pandemic. <laughs> Honestly. Yeah, or maybe it was an intentional choice that he was not supposed to look like hot Brad Pitt. He was supposed to just look like dude, like a dude. No, I think that's the new phase of Brad Pitt. I think he's trying to push away his hot, his like heartthrob and embrace like Hollywood stalwart. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so then movie overall. You go first. You're really swaying me on this episode. (laughs) I'm going to give it a five because I don't think it was like horrible. I mean, I know I kind of ripped it this whole episode, but like I actually... I had my critiques because I think I really was expecting it to be better and I was so disappointed in that. But I think as a standalone movie, a movie you watch on the airplane or, you know, just as like a random Netflix movie, I think it's fine. So I'm not going to give it like a super low score, like a three or four or whatever. Like I'll give it a five. Um, But I was disappointed and I, I wouldn't really recommend it to anyone. Okay. Yeah, I think that's fair. I also wouldn't really recommend it to anyone. I will give it a five as well for the same reason, which is when I sat down in the movie theater, I was like, oh God, this two hours is going to go so slowly. Um, the last movie I saw, I don't remember what it was, but I remember being like, when is this going to fucking end? <laughs> and this one like ended ap- appropriately. Maybe could have been shorter, but I but I was entertained enough that I wasn't like watching the clock. So for that, I'll give it a five. Mm. I do think. Also, it's just refreshing for me to watch something that I would never normally watch, which is why I'm grateful for this podcast, because Bullet Train and The Lost City are movies I would never turn on unless I needed to review them and think about them with you for this podcast. Yeah, no, it's true. I feel similarly. Um all right, so you're giving it a five. Yeah. All right. Well, that's it for that movie. So thus concludes. Thus concludes Bullet Chain. Great. And now for our bonus content. Yeah, let's talk about uh, The Lost City, but quickly because, you know, we're already like an hour in. So um, basically the gist of it is Sandra Bullock. She's a romance writer who, you know, writes vaguely about this supposed lost city of d and then um she hates her the the guy who is the cover model for all of her books um and then she gets kidnapped by a very rich person who thinks that he found the real lost city of d and he needs her help to um to decipher the like uh the not petro or not hieroglyphics but like you know basically symbols the ancient language to decipher where the treasure is buried in the lost city or whatever and she's like i'm a romance writer i can't do this um and then brad pitt comes on as a very small role to be employed by channing tatum's character to help him get her um and he basically is the the character like he is a personification of a romance novel like unrealistically attractive, cool, level-headed, says cool little one-liners and is like a save the day, relax your safe now type of guy. And he is, he steals the show. Mm -hmm. Like he's so good at fighting. He's so smart and funny and his hair looks great. He looks youthful, but like not weirdly young like he's like embracing the age that he is and man it's just a great role it's just so good i agree and the nods to the camera in this movie from him land very well they land as compared to bullet train i i think it's interesting to mention how this happened brad pitt and sandy have the same hairstylist brad pitt mentions he's looking for the voice for his like guiding voice in bullet train and the hairstylist mentions this to Sandy. And she's like, you know, who's looking for a a role, Sandy, Brad, then cut to Brad's filming bullet train. He raps. 
Sandra's like, oh, I need to find this like Fabio guy. Like I need to find the perfect personification of this thing for my film that I'm producing. And the hairstylist says, well, Brad, you did a favor for Brad. It's now time for you, for him to do a favor for you. And so he wrapped Bullet Train, worked out for like two weeks to bulk up. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. He was supposed to be on set for three days, but it was monsoon season. And so they only paid him for three days. But Sandy, because of their friendship, years-long friendship, she got him to do the fourth day for free. And for that, she is forever grateful. I'm sure she is. I mean, big ask. That's a that's a million dollar. Multi million, at least a few million dollars of free labor. Other interesting thing is that Channing Tatum also then had a cameo in Bullet Train. And so they were all in on this joke together. And same DPs. Hmm. Which is why I thought we should. I didn't know that. Yeah. Which is why I thought we should tag this movie onto Bullet Train because it's almost like they were all part of this 900,000 million dollar friendship movie making club. Right. Yeah. It's a very exclusive club that none of us could ever imagine to get into. Um, And I don't know how much fun it would be, but it seems like they're having a nice time. Um. I didn't love The Lost City. Oh, yeah. As a movie. No. I thought it was really bad. And Brad Pitt was literally the only bright spot in the whole movie. Yeah. Yep. I agree. And I don't want to see Sandra Bullock with so much plastic surgery. Oh, it's so much. It's so much. And I'm just like, girl, let's like get into our Diane Keaton days. Like, why are we casting you with Channing Tatum? Like, why aren't we casting you with people who are a little bit older to match your age? And like, can we not deny the fact that you're growing up? You've literally been in Hollywood for 40 years. Like. I think, I think the reason that Brad Pitt was cast in such a small role or that he worked for that role was that Channing Tatum was supposed to be big, dumb and hot. Yeah. And he was supposed to not like, he was supposed to be useless and and nothing like the characters in the romance novels. Whereas Brad Pitt's character was supposed to be everything and more that the characters in the romance novels were. So there's no way that he would have stayed in the movie the whole time because. Oh yeah. 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 You know what yeah, I mean? No, like, you're a hundred percent right. I just mean like fundamentally, even before this movie is made, she should not be starring in roles in which she needs to be playing alongside a young but that's my point is that she's the reason that she was cast playing alongside a young buff person is because they don't fit together. Well, whereas she would have fit next together. She would have fit together better with Brad, who is her age. Right. So I guess the conceit is then that like, I don't like this movie because I don't want it to have been made <laughs> because I think she deserves <laughs> better. And it's another one of those things where like bullet train, I am not going to watch this movie unless there's a fucking reason for me to watch it. And when it first started, I was like, Oh, okay. Like, Watch in the middle of the day on Saturday. I was like, I'm going to get into this like rom-com bullshit like I used to be able to. But I got news for you. Couldn't focus. Didn't like it. Nope. And Same. Daniel Radcliffe. Terrible actor. And. Oh, so bad. <laughs> what is what what happened there? Just across the board. Terrible. Um, Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I don't think we need to do ratings for this movie. I feel like. We should, because he was in it, and we rate all of his okay. movies, so we'll do it quick. Okay. Well, I think... Well, first, is there anything else we want to talk talk about for this movie? No. No. Yeah. <laughs> I have nothing to say. Yeah. Like, she's wearing a pink glitter jumpsuit for the entire film. It's like, guys, I just don't buy it. I really wanted to buy it. I just really wanted them... When you're watching a movie about two people who have undeniable chemistry, like you want to watch them make out. And I had an adverse reaction. <laughs> yes. I, I, my skin was repulsed 
by the site. Although I did laugh out loud when she saw his penis. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Wow. You fell for it. I fell for it. I fell for it. And I thought that was funny. (laughs) (laughs) With the leeches. Um, I don't, I literally didn't laugh once. (laughs) I, I really hated that movie. So. Um, okay. For Brad's performance, I'm giving him a eight. Yeah, same. Okay, two eights. For looks, I'm giving him another eight because he looked. Great. I think eight point five for me. I loved the throwback to the like long hair days. Actually, yeah, I'll do eight point five. That's a great point because he looked so good. Yeah. I loved. Yeah. He used to rock that hairstyle in earnest back in the day. I know. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I miss that guy. Yeah, who's this? Who's this handsome fellow? Yeah, exactly. Um, and then movie overall gets a three. I even think two point five. It's totally irredeemable. Should never you. have been made. Like if my whole Should i if my whole point of this movie in the podcast is to be like, I wish that it didn't exist. I feel like that's a two point five. But yeah, two point five goes to the penis scene and Brad's <laughs> performance. <laughs> yeah. 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 Basically, that's the big redeeming thing. I mean, for me, I'm like, I, I finished it. So I guess like when I think of something like Cool World, like it's better than that. But oh, my God. Cool. World. It's, I know. Did you forget? I did. I completely forgot. <laughs> yeah. It's not quite as bad, but it's not good. Is either. that our lowest rated one? I finally f- found the fucking document and got it open. What's our lowest um, rated? Combined overall, how do I fucking? There's a way to sort by this, but uh, lo, oh, War Machine. Remember that one? <laughs> what happened in War Machine? <laughs> it was where Brad Pitt was playing a general. Um, it came out in 2017. He's it went straight to Netflix. He was playing a general, and he had like a weird arm thing and like a accent, and it was like, <laughs> did you fully delete it from your memory? Fully. It's it was so bad. We both had not a single good thing to say about it. He was I think he was trying to like act like George Bush or something like that. And it was just it was about the Afghanistan war. And they would randomly have like a there was like a moment where they tried to have a serious thing. Remember like halfway through the movie, like they introduced a character who like killed a civilian on accident and then like that became like a whole thing and it was like why are you introducing this now? What is it supposed to be a comedy because that's a very serious subject? I don't know. I don't was... remember it at all. I have to listen to our podcast. Look, at, look it up. Look up the poster. Look up the poster for it. Okay. Because um, it might jog your memory. But then um, our other low low scoring combined overall was Cutting Class from 1989. <laughs> okay, War Machine. Don't really remember. Oh, I do remember that one. There was a murder one. Oh, my God. Do you remember War Machine oh, now? Oh, my God. This is so bad. And Netflix think that they really got a good thing <laughs> Yep. Uh, other low-rated ones were Johnny Swade, Devil's Own, Cool World. We both gave a five. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, I think I liked it. Ew, I feel, I feel so sad about that character that he played. That's just yeah, a oh, very yeah, it was dark repulsive. point. <laughs> oh, we think we're so funny. We gave seven, seven point seven. <laughs> I liked Across we're the so Tracks funny. in. In hindsight, I feel like that's one I think no about. No way. A lot. We gave it a two. <laughs> but I like the idea that we watched it. Like, that's one of the reasons why. Like, I didn't like the film itself, but I like the idea of it existing. So, in a lot of ways, it's better than The Lost City. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, well, then, there you go. You could say the lost city is 2.5 i think that's pretty fair it kind of is in line with everything else that we do um we gave megamind a four. Oh yeah um terrible fury we gave a 6.5 so i think we're about we're in the right we're in the right realm here um looks wise some of the high rated ones were actually i don't need to the low rated ones were assassination of jesse james the mexican oh yeah Sleepers. Oh my god, sleepers. sleepers. I forgot about that. Yowza. One. Anyway, now we're just reminiscing the old movies. But um wow, we really watched a lot of bad movies. He I'm looking he has a few new movies coming out. He's like really been working a lot. I'm trying to re- 
He's producing a whole hell of a lot of shit too. He's in a movie called Babylon that's about to come out. And then an untitled George Clooney, Brad Pitt, John Watts project. Oh, but Babylon's coming out this year. Interesting. Yeah. But anyway, so this concludes our reinvention, our rebirth of this is the pit. Yes. Yes, it does. And it feels good to be back. I feel like we were a little low energy, but you know, it's going to take some time for us to get back into it. The point is, is that we watched bullet train. We watched the other one we're sticking to the mission. Neither of them we loved, but we are sticking to the mission and I still love Brad Pitt and I still am excited for every project that he does. And um, join us for our next podcast where we watch everything Brian Tyree Henry has ever done. (laughs) (laughs) Where we do an Atlanta review. And I try to uh, court him. Um, (laughs) Maybe we should do a podcast about you courting him despite... All celebrities? Yeah. Maybe we should each pick one and try to stalk them and see how that unfolds. That sounds great. I don't see how that could go poorly at all. (laughs) How to meet our idols. All right, that is the end of This is the Pits. Thank you so much for listening. Um, make sure to listen to the old episodes for a good time. And anytime you watch a Brad Pitt movie, I hope you think of us and tell us what you thought. Bye. Bye.